This is your pal Daffy Duck, and you're watching. You're watching. We're watching. You're watching Fanboy. 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 Fanboy, etc. Fanboy Nation. Dot, I assume Tom. I've met this man face-to-face a couple of times in Las Vegas for the Star Trek convention. This year is the 55th anniversary of said franchise. I'm speaking with Eugene Roddenberry, the son of, of, uh, excuse me, the son of Gene Roddenberry. This is how excited I am to talk to Rod himself. Rod Roddenberry, how are you today? I'm doing really good. How are you? Listen, man, I'm always excited to talk to you. That's how I'm getting tongue-tied at this point. Uh, this week, 55th anniversary celebration in Las Vegas for, for the Star Trek series. And mm-hmm. on August 19th, your dad's centennial birthday. That is yeah, huge. Yeah. 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 That's, uh, that's something that we've been looking at for a long time. And, you know, it, it is a little strange when you think about this and when you talk to someone who may not know Star Trek or be passionate about it and say, yeah, we're going to celebrate uh, a dead guy who's been gone for 20 years. Um, it, it's, it's different. Uh, He's my father, and of course, I love him so much. And so for me, it is a true celebration of the man and my father. Uh, I, I wish you were around to see uh, where we are today. Um, but more importantly, it's a celebration of, of his philosophy and what he instilled into Star Trek. And I think that's what's incredibly crucial to get out there today with, with uh, interviews and any sort of uh, campaigns that we've got going on. You know, you you just said that some people who might not be familiar with your father's work as closely as quite a few others would say, oh, we're celebrating a dead guy who's been gone 20 years. But let's put it in perspective. A man who passed away over 20 years ago that's left a legacy of 55 years of Star Trek, of 35 years plus of Next Generation, of 26 plus years uh, of Deep Space Nine and of Voyager and of, you know, countless comic books, numerous novels a language that was created based on his work and so many films that like, there's a legacy there that even if you don't know who Gene Roddenberry is by name, you know, his legacy by just sheer volume. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, you just listed off all those things and, and just to add to them, you know, my father uh, was a bomber pilot in world war two and flew 80 some odd missions uh, in the South Pacific. After that, he became a transcontinental uh, airline pilot with Pan American Airways and flew uh, 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 Johannesburg to New York. He was also deadheading on a flight over the Syrian desert and crashed and was uh, one of the few survivors. After that, he, he hung up his wings and became a police officer for the LAPD and rose to the rank of sergeant uh, and befriended the, the, poli- the, sar- the, 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 the uh, police chief and started writing speeches for him. And then they started getting shows like Dragnet out there and buying stories from the cops. My father sort of looked at that and said, you know what? I think I could write this stuff. And he began writing. He had a career of writing Westerns and cop shows long before Star Trek. He did all of those things. So, so just to pile it on extra thick. Um, yeah, there is a lot to celebrate with this guy. And I do want to get that out there, uh, because he had some amazing experiences and from those experiences had some amazing views on humanity. Right. And it's not like he was some slouch that only had one thing and that was it. You've listed your dad's credentials to the point that that's five lifetimes that some yeah. people don't even get to live one in, in a decent existence. Yep. A hundred percent right. Yep. When, when you sit there and you look back on what your father had done as a police officer, as a fighter pilot, 
as a survivor of a plane crash, which not too many people get to use that phrase ever. Yeah. And then to sit there and go, you know, he's left a philosophical legacy on top of that. And if you do a deep dive exegete into the series from the 1960s, I mean, there, there's Abrahamic religion ideologies in there. There's Hinduism, there's Buddhist philosophy. There's so many other international aspects uh, of world ideals that are incorporated into the franchise. And the funniest thing of all of this was at the time, it was so controversial when William Shatner kissed Nichelle Nichols, yeah. yet they, people had no problem with him making out with alien species from random planets. Isn't that crazy, right? He kissed the green girl all the time, and all of a sudden it's a big deal. He, he kisses the African-American woman. It, 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 listen, a, a lot of it doesn't make sense, but that's that's why we are trying to get the message out there again. I understand people haven't forgotten about Star Trek. In fact, I would say Star Trek is really at its peak or prime in terms of the productions that are out there, but it is the ideas behind it that I'm trying to put emphasis on the man who came up with these ideas. And listen, I don't want to give him all the credit in the world. Everything was a collaboration. But the philosophy of Idic, infinite diversity from infinite combinations, came from my father. He had a true love for humanity, and he understood that it isn't the tolerance of things that are different. It is the thirst, craving, and appreciation for all things that are not just different in form, but different in idea. He knew that's how we grow intellectually as a species. If we are afraid of those things, if we stay in our bubbles, if we don't actively choose to seek out these new ideas, we will not get past where we are. And we need to get past where we are right now. It seems that society-wise, we're in a regression where we don't want to exchange ideas we want to just vocalize our own without hearing the opposition. And yes. I constantly hear this phrase, I enjoy being with like-minded people. And to me, that's the most annoying thing there is, because if I'm only with like-minded people, I will never learn anything. Yeah, no, you're, you're 100% right. And listen, it is easy for me to sit here and say these things. It is very hard for me to do them. Um, I, I, I'd like to say that I, I do attempt them. Every time I can remember, every time I can think of it, to have empathy for someone around me. But so many times I see something on the news or what's going on in the world, and I say my first reaction, just like anyone else, is what an idiot. This guy's so dumb, whatever, whatever. If I can take that moment and step back and say, wait a second, I remember when I was doing something just like that a year ago or recently, or I remember being as upset at that guy or, or you know what, actually in his shoes, I'd probably be pretty pissed too. That That is the first step to having empathy for that person. And the minute we can have empathy and try to understand and try to see it from their point of view, the quicker we can give them forgiveness. And this is going to sound very kumbaya, but give them unconditional love. I'm not saying let them go free. I'm not saying blind forgiveness, but I'm saying it's important we understand people before we criticize them, before we incarcerate them and throw them away. We need to see things from every angle and be informed. Well, 1700 years ago, St. John Chrysostom said, you know, when a pagan calls a Christian a, uh, a hypocrite, half of you will have to have to confess that you are. And I'm paraphrasing what he said, but even yeah. 1700 years ago, they were talking about this. So even ancient times. Yeah. But 
What celebration plans are we looking forward to for your father's uh, centennial? Because you know there was going to be a a live gathering, but unfortunately, uh, the world is shutting back down. Not completely, but you know we're taking a step back from that yellow tier and maybe heading back to the orange tier to keep it in that color coded uh, conversation. Yeah. Yeah, no, um, of course, you know, I wanted to go as big as we could because of course I love my father and I do think the message is important to, to continue to get out there and, uh, uh, using his hundredth birthday as a platform to do that, uh, was a great opportunity and, and not to sound like I'm just using it. I, I truly want to celebrate the man. Um, but with the man comes the ideas. Uh, but unfortunately, because of, uh, COVID and the Delta variant, like so many others, we have had to postpone a lot of our ideas and, and uh, really focus on sort of the online social media aspect of things. Um, and, and truthfully, we're hoping to just time shift it all one year. And so perhaps uh, uh, August 19th, 2022, we can do this again and pretend that it's 2021 and, and have some sort of uh, outdoor uh, event that celebrates them. But in the meantime, uh, we've got a number of online campaigns. Um, they've been going on for, uh, God, uh, just, just under a year now. And, and they're under the, the hashtag of Think Trek. Uh, but within that, we have Be Trek, See Trek, Make Trek. And I do always forget the other ones. But if you, if you check out Think Trek on almost any social media platform, You'll see the fun part of it is we've asked people anything that you do on a day-to-day basis, something that reminds you of Star Trek. It could be the shape of clouds. It could be a stain on your desk. It could be the word Vulcan. Take a picture of that and and post it and hashtag it ThinkTrek. Um, if you go on there now, you'll see that so many people have done it in such a clever way. Um, with MakeTrek, we have an incredibly talented uh, brick builder by the name of Samuel Hatmaker. Who's, he was on the first season of uh, Lego Brickmasters. And he's done these amazing collages of other celebrities and, and uh, social figures. So we asked him to do uh, what will end up being five, but right now we have four um, uh, uh, beautiful collages that truly embody and represent the different aspects of Star Trek, uh, whether it be Idik or my father or or the Vulcan hand gesture. Um, so he's he's incredible, and there's a lot of Easter eggs inside of that, uh, but. But ultimately, what we're really trying to do is just get the message out there and get people to start thinking in a Star Trek way. You know, the things that your father put forth and other writers have put forth that was science fiction that has now become science fact. Uh, you know, just er, you know, just a couple of weeks ago, in the last two weeks, we've had uh, people go to space on their own dime. Yeah. There has to be something in there that not only for your awe as a science fiction fan and myself as a science fiction fan, but to pull back and think, what would your dad's reaction be? What would, you know, um, uh, what's his name? Excuse me. Uh, you know, Louis Bemer say, or Louis Bemer say, um, you know, with the journey to the moon from, from over 120 years ago and, and all these people that dreamed of individual space travel, now seeing it happen in our own time? Well, you know, not to give my father all the credit, you know, there have been and currently are, uh, I'm sure, millions of great thinkers and visionaries on our planet. Some are recognized and some are not. Um, my father was one of them 
who truly was a futurist and lived in the future. You know, the way I think of it is if you go back 50 or 100 years and you think of things then that were blasphemy and and offensive and terrible, but they're commonplace today. You know, think how much we've changed this. Now jump ahead 50 or 100 years. What is offensive today and crazy today? And you couldn't even think of that being socially acceptable. Well, I tell you what, 50, 100 years from now, it'll be commonplace. My father lived in that future. So anytime a topic came up, marriage, drugs, religion, sex, guns, you name it. He was living up there. And on some level, he knew where it would go because anything that was frowned upon or looked down upon has pretty much opened up. We have been evolving. We have been opening our minds and our intellects as a species. So if you're able to live in that future now, if you're able to see something or a social issue or an issue and say, what is this going to be like hundred years? Why are we fighting about it now? Well, I mean, why is it taking so long for us to get comfortable with these ideas? And and that's the credit I have to give my father. And I think that's what makes him unique and puts him in that category of forward thinkers. And uh, I, I think with Star Trek, that was just another way of him trying to show what we could be one day once we let go of some of these somewhat small-minded, narrow perspectives. You know, a lot of a lot of science fiction is either hopeful or dystopian for the future and in order to reference our times instead of directly punching into the era we tend to make historical dramas with with the arguments of the ideals of today on how we should improve them or what we're complaining about in these ideals um in looking towards the past to reflect on the present or looking to the future in a hopeful and God forbid, dystopian way, which we have been in cinema for the last decade or so. Uh, what are you hopeful for, say, 20 years from now? Um, you know, that, that's a that's a tough question because um, it, it is, you know, I come from a very uh, optimistic sort of uh, family um, or a family with plenty of optimism. However, it is tough at times looking around, uh, watching the news. You know, it, uh, it it's difficult to be optimistic, but still see what's going on in the world. Um, I, I truly think that empathy, this isn't a solid answer to your question, but if we can start incorporating a version of empathy in children and ethics at a young age, if we can clear the roads and unblock this idea of us and them, um, and the idea that even if it's not directly taught this way, it's subliminally put into people's lives that different is something to fear. If we can get that into our children, we can get that out of our children, but get the optimistic side of that into our children at a young age. Um, then I have hope because we need compassion for each other now more than ever. Uh, we need unconditional love and what encompasses that is the empathy for each other. And I know you've heard me say that already, but uh, that, that is, that is what I have hope for. And it is incredibly hard to do. I know I'm preaching. I know I'm on my soapbox. 
I do not do it every day. I, 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 I don't know how often I do it, but every now and then I do do it. And that is a step in the right direction. So if we can move that needle forward just a little bit in all of us, um, then, then I have a lot more faith and belief in us, but we've got to stop judging. We, we're too quick to judge. I do it too. You see something on the news and you go, that guy's an idiot. Just stop for a moment. Try, at least try to see it from their point of view or a different point of view. Doesn't mean you have to agree. Doesn't mean you have to immediately forgive, but just try to, to see it from their point of view. And that'll, that'll be a step in the right direction. You know, I'm guilty of it myself as we all are. So I can't sit there and play some sort of angelic host sitting there and going, <laughs> nope, I'm perfect and I'm not. It's easy to but, talk about. Oh yeah. It's easy to talk about. It's hard to do, but the fact that we acknowledge it first is the first step in moving yeah. forward and being able to do it. Yeah. Uh, Rod, I am sad that uh, the celebration was canceled in person and I'm sad that I'm not going to see you in Las Vegas for the 55th anniversary of, of the series itself. But I do look forward to the second annual Gene Roddenberry Centennial Celebration. And it's always great chatting with you. I know you meet a million people, so it's hard to remember me, uh, especially via computer screen and not in person. Sure. But I do look forward to seeing you again in person very soon. I look forward to seeing you in person as well.